Have we heard any any updates, Connor Pasby, on the status status of one Josh Helmer? Is he good? I haven't I haven't even checked in with him yet, but I probably should. Have you seen him around at all? I have not seen him. I have not okay. received a text. I'm thinking about reaching out. I should probably reach out and check on him. Say, hey, this is in part for both Plank and I. We want to see if you're okay. We've had really good conversations beyond just our normal tomfoolery. But there is, there is really, <laughs> there is really some good stuff on the text line. I mean, I would say top five texts that we've received without the humor, sugar shame, um, just like true hard hitting where you sit down and you think about it and it's where are we going, what's the plan, how's it going to work. And I don't mean as far as the station and the app, okay? I mean, I mean in general when it comes to NIL and the transfer portal. So we're going to dive into it coming up in a bit. But I guess I forgot to check, Connor. Are you ready to roll with the top five stories of the day? We are ready to roll. Let's do it. All right, let's do it. It's time for the top five stories of the day. It's time for the top five stories of the day. Brought to you by Newcastle Casino. Newcastle Casino, where real gamers play. Let's go, man. Newcastle Casino brings you our top five stories of the day. Uh, We're live from Riverwind Casino. It's all one big happy family. Uh, They are located off I-44, exit 107, with 14 table games, including Texas Hold'em and Baccarat Online at NewcastleCasino.com. I want to hustle through these because I do want to hit the text messages, so let's get after it. Big story, number five. Number five. Connor, I'm going to ask you a question, and if you answer no, don't feel bad because I answered no to it as well. Let's hear it. Ready? Were you aware that there was an investigation into the Northwestern football program. Oh, my gosh, Plank. I'm not, I'm not lying to you. Right before that last break, I saw something. I think On3 <laughs> tweeted something out. I was just, scroll- okay. I was just scrolling in, what did it say, a few, yeah, a few hours ago? Yeah. There is – I can't find any news on what the hazing activities were, but Northwestern football – was under an internal investigation after hazing allegations within the football program. The quote in a summary of the investigation findings, while the investigation did not uncover evidence pointing to specific misconduct by any football player or coach, participation in or knowledge of the hazing activities was widespread across football players. So they are forcing... Pat Fitzgerald, to serve a two-week suspension, two whole weeks, and they had this thing called Camp Kenosha where they would go to Wisconsin and they would, I, I don't necessarily know if it was like the Junction Boys or anything, I doubt it, but they can no longer have practices at Camp Kenosha. There will be someone monitoring the locker room who doesn't report to the football coaching staff. Holy smokes. (laughs) Northwestern will create an online reporting tool. Coaching staff members and student athletes will complete annual mandatory 
anti-hazing training. Oh, my gosh. It goes back to there's always someone responsible for the stupid extra training you got to take, right? Oh, yeah. The EAS training that we iHeart employees have to take. I'm looking at you, Bobby Bones. Uh, the... Uh, when we used to have to take all the training about, you got to make sure that somebody knows that they're on the air. That's the St. Louis. That was from uh, the KFNS in St. Louis. Ah! Investigation Investigators interviewed more than 50 people. 50. And Camp Kenosha had been going on since 1992, which, again, in my world, doesn't seem that long ago, but you realize eh, it was 31 years ago. So Pat Fitzgerald will not receive a paycheck for these next two weeks. That's it. That's the penalty. And then all those other things I just laid out. Georgia has guys running rampant, breaking speeding records, issues away from the field. Not a thing. Nothing. Northwestern has a hazing incident, and at the very least... There's going to be some dude standing in the locker room watching what everybody does that's not affiliated with the football program. What a job. Hey, Stan? Yeah. Welcome to the marketing team. We're pumped to have you on board. Listen. Stan, look at me. Listen. You got a new job. Yeah, I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready. What is it? You're going to monitor the locker room every time the football players are in there to make sure they're not hazing each other. I mean, what a terrible job to have to have. Your job is to make sure there's no bullying going on right. in the locker hey, room. In other words, your job, you're a narc. Okay? So, professional narc. Go get him. If something happens, get in between. So, I am not saying that hazing is okay. I'm just magnifying how much that job would suck. All right. Big story number four. Number four. Tonight, we get our first look at, uh, at Victor Wimbenyama, of course, most of the talk around Wimbignana has to do with his, I guess, securities incident with Britney Spears. In fact, Wimbignana was asked about it, and he didn't even know it was Britney Spears until he got back to his hotel. I didn't know for a couple hours, but when we when, uh, when I came back to the hotel, I thought it was no big deal. And the, the security of this person did was uh, Britney Spears, so I was, first I was like, uh, no, you're, you're joking, but... Yeah, it turns, it turns out it was a bit disappointing. You know? <laughs> but uh, I didn't know because I didn't see her. I never saw her face. I kept I just kept walking straight. And, uh, that's it. I, kind of, I was kind of impressed that he knew who she was, right? Britney hasn't been relevant in the music world for a while. Women Yama's only like 19. But there you go. Well, this will not affect him. He'll play tonight, 8 o'clock. Can't wait. Uh, Connor, I, I haven't asked. I don't watch every play of the Summer League, but I'm very much, it's on. I loved what I saw from Chet Holmgren, OKC one last night. I'm not going to start putting Terrence Mann in the Hall of Fame like some of y'all are. But so far, looks like looks like Chet's going to be okay, and we'll see what the Thunder do from here. But I kind of like the way they looked in the first wave of Summer League in Utah. Yeah, I thought he looked good. I think a few people uh, were wondering. I mean, he got a few shots blocked. Sure. I mean, but with his size, he does a lot of stuff on the court. I mean, scoring. I mean, rebounds. He blocked four shots in his last game. And he's a really good passer for his size. Yeah. So I think he's going to be just fine. Yeah. So, uh, tonight, you get the debut of Victor Wimbenyama in a Spurs uniform. And OKC playing well in the summer league so far. I can't, I can't wait to see more of these young guys 
for the Thunder. All right, that gets us to big story number three. Number three. All right, a couple quick baseball notes from last night. To say that things did not go well last night for the New York Yankees would be a dramatic understatement. Pitch to Henderson. High fly ball. Deep right field. Forget about it. This one is way back and gone. Tape measure shot for Gunnar Henderson. Second homer of the game. Oh, by the way, thank you. I said Terrence Man. Trey Man. My bad. My bad. Trey Man. Thank you, Travis. Terrence Man is the clip. Uh, that was the Baltimore Orioles putting an absolute hurting last night on the New York Yankees. If you went to bed early, not a problem because the Yankees got destroyed by a final score last night of 14 to nothing. I repeat, two tugs for the Orioles. Oh, and I guess the good news too is the cameraman who had been taken out the night before looks like he's going to be okay. He's good actually, now, yeah. Actually, I'm sorry. I shorted the Yankees a run. Apologies, Dennis Stats, Kelly. 14-1. to 1. So they got an extra point while the Orioles got two touchdowns. Meanwhile, somebody break up the New York Mets, baby. And the pitch. Swinging a high fly ball to left field. Carroll going back. He'll turn. It's gone. Into the third row. Francisco Alvarez makes it seven to nothing Mets. They won it nine to zip. That's five straight wins. True or false, Connor Pasby. The Mets are going to win the World Series now that they've won five straight games. I, w- I wouldn't go that far. I'll say false, oh, okay. but okay. I love it that they're playing well now. But before that, Man, the Baltimore Orioles, I love this Ooh. for Baltimore fans. I'm not sure if we have any Orioles fans in Oklahoma, but they've been patiently waiting for this. They have so many young prospects, and it's starting to uh, pay off. They're 51-35. and 35. They're looking pretty good right now. Yeah, they're, they're rolling. They're rolling. They're leading the wild card by a substantial amount. Uh, I'll mention the Red Sox beat the Rangers last night. Sorry, TJ. 10-6. to six. And since we don't do too terribly much baseball, and because I did, you know, really – Fine Cardinal fan in my crosshairs yesterday because of one person on Twitter. Cards did bounce back with a shutout win, three zip. Uh, one baseball note beyond the field, the Angels are leaking. They're leaking. They've lost 11 of their last 15 games. We've seen Mike Trout now out for four to six weeks. The August 1st trade deadline is looming. Shohei Otani's future is unknown because he's a free agent after this year. But, but, the Angels are unlikely to deal him. Though I will say I found this wording interesting. This was from John Paul Morosi. The Angels baseball operations staff will communicate with other teams to workshop trade scenarios if the Angels slide continues. That's the job of a front office. But presenting an acceptable deal to ownership and receiving approval for it is another matter entirely. Morosi added, if the Angels were intent on maximizing Otani's trade value, they would have moved him last year when they were less competitive in the standings, and the additional contractual control would have yielded greater value. There. You think they're going to move on from uh, Otani? Pass me? It's, it's, hard, it's hard to do that. No, I, I'd keep him, but... They have to figure something out. You can't have both Trout and Otani 
and only be, what, one game over 500 right now. And they weren't very good last year when they had both of them. Right. It's just crazy to me that that can't work, like Trout and Otani. It's wild. It's wild. All right, big story number two. Sorry, I went real quick. Number there. two. No pause whatsoever. You had a that good was on take. me. That was on me. Now you had a good take, and I didn't let it breathe. I was like, "All right, enough baseball. I don't want to get the hate text. I've already screwed up, Terrence and Trey. Man, I'm trying to cook through this. All right, I mentioned as news broke of Kelly Maxwell's entry into the transfer portal. I remembered our pregame conversation with Patty Gassa in anticipation of Oklahoma's game against Oklahoma State in game one of Bedlam back in, what, late May. No one had any idea at that point that Maxwell could end up in the portal. There was a lot of buzz about John Bartfeld retiring, and he eventually did. Now, Oklahoma State didn't sell tell, tell anyone about it, but it had been out there. So here is what, whenever I asked Coach Gasso, well, I mean, I think I got my question in here, but listen to this and tell me if you think, that Oklahoma would be interested in adding someone like Kelly Maxwell to their roster. What, what makes Kelly Maxwell so successful in what you've seen? Uh, I just, I think she's still, like, she has that kind of attitude, and I like it. Uh, I think she's very efficient, moving pitches, changing speeds. Um, I don't know, she's so pinpoint. She's um, really like her style, and... I don't know her well or anything like that, but I just like the way she goes about her business. What, what's the advantage then? Is it that Oklahoma has seen her a lot, that she's seen Oklahoma, but in the same vein it's kind of a new, different version of Oklahoma? Is there an advantage either way there? Uh, some of our upperclassmen know what to expect. I think JT knows what to expect as well. We've got a lot more video on her. Um, she's still absolutely outstanding, but at the same time, um, She's been seen a lot, so hopefully we can take advantage of that. But, I mean, I don't know. When you see some of the greatest pitchers, sometimes they just keep getting better. So we'll see. We've got a plan A, a plan B, and a plan C. So hopefully one of those will work. Sorry, Dre was jamming in the background. I mean, literally (laughs) Oklahoma State's uh, sound system at softball. Get my man Kenny Gajewski a better sound system. I know they're building him a new stadium eventually. So that's high praise, right? That's some str- strong, strong words from Patty Gassa. I mean, as deserving for Kelly Maxwell. She's she's quite the quite the player. She's got great talent. That's high praise. I think I've got a better, cleaner version of that for you too, if you want it, Steel Man. So I don't know if Oklahoma's in on Vauder. I don't know if Oklahoma's in on Kelly Maxwell. My my take has simply been, you know, it's it's worth keeping an eye on. I don't necessarily think I would just dismiss it because she went to Oklahoma State. But you heard Patty Gasser right there. She's a fan of Kelly Maxwell. If right. if that's the case, though, play that'd be quite the rotation. Have four that'd be four pitchers in a pitching rotation. It doesn't matter who's on the mound; they're going to give the opponents some problems. Yeah, no question, no question at all. Uh, by the way, I should also add Oklahoma added a new catcher, Riley Ludman. She played at. Um, she played last season at. Um, why am I trying to say Fordham? Fordham last year. She was one of the best players in her conference. Obviously, one of the best players on her team. 
So Riley Ludlam, again, not one of the rock stars, right, in the portal, but you hit it on the head, Connor. Good numbers, right in line with some of the players on the Sooner roster, and gives you that depth you need behind the plate that right now Oklahoma doesn't have. Hell, last year they had four catchers. They had Kinsey, they had Jocelyn Erickson, they had, um, oh gosh, uh, Sophia Nugent, and Haley Lee. Had four catchers last year. And I think three of the four played in the game. Yep, they'll, they'll, they'll play. They'll play. Yeah, and you can yeah. have, uh, you can split games with her and Kinsey, and you can also, uh, one of them can DH as well. Agreed. All right, gets us to big story number one. Number one. Number one. Number one. Hey, we're going to talk about the preseason Big 12 football poll. We are two hours and 19 minutes into this show. And a topic that usually would drive sports radio for an entire day has been an afterthought for us. Texas is number one. Oklahoma checks in at number three. Also received four first place votes. We'll fill in the rest when we come back. It's Plank Show. We're on the road at Riverwind Casino with Connor Pasby. I'm Chris Plank. You're listening to the Home of Center Fans. All right, welcome back into the Plank Show. Uh, before we hit Connor and I's reaction to the Big 12 preseason poll, I I severely, severely missed on this earlier, and I apologize. Because anytime Coach T checks in on the Riverwind Casino jackpot line, when we're at Riverwind Casino, straight to the front of the line. Sorry about that, Coach T. Welcome to the show. What's going on, buddy? Uh oh. Uh oh. Maybe. Maybe. Oh no, he's got the station on and the delay. All right, wait. Hold on. We'll, we'll catch up. We'll catch up here in a second. Nah, the delay's too long. It's gonna. We'll be here forever. We'll be here forever if we wait him out. Wait, wait him out. Put him in queue, and all of a sudden you'll see him come racing and go. Hello, hey, it's Coach T. What's going on? That's what happens hey, all the crap. time. There crap. he is. <laughs> hey, brother. What's up, Coach T? How are you? Oh, I just got a ground zero above ground put in my garage. Oh, okay. Because, well, I'm glad uh, you're safe. I got a below ground, but I fell in it, and I can't get my dogs in there, my 270-pounders. And so now i got a place for them, and if I get married again, i got a place for my new wife. There you she's go. Cotton there, and she sleeps in she's there. She's fine. <laughs> well, Man, I'm glad so you're I, extra I'm safe. Yeah, I spent more money this summer than I ever had in my life. But I don't, you know, I got good eyes now. Twenty twenty, I got a generator. I got this. I don't know what else I can get. Oh, I'm getting a new pickup in three weeks from uh, Fowler Toyota. Yeah, my guy Dallas, so, uh, good people there. I don't know where this money's coming, but it's it's coming in. <laughs> <laughs> they you know, sound like I mean, my kids. Joe Biden and Hunter. I can always get a loan through the Bidens. I know that. So uh, yeah, they'll you know. take care of you. Right. Exactly. Even though I don't have any student loan debt, you know, as far as that goes. So uh, this girl we picked up from Furman, tell me a little mm-hmm. bit about her. Don't know much about her, to be honest, Coach T. Yeah. Uh, you she's know, from Connor. Fort Myers, right? Nah, she's Florida girl. Uh, it... Okay, that's where my brother lives, him and his wife. See if he can give us a scare. My brother? Yeah, he might know a little bit about her. Who knows? But well, I, I, I to be know. honest, to be honest, Coach T., she fits exactly what I thought Oklahoma was going to be looking for, right? Yeah. And a uh, good, solid player. Riley Ludlam is her name. She is, you know, by she wasn't somebody that 
was talked about, like the Brie Ellis's of the world and, you know, obviously the the, the Jordy Balls of the world. But I like her a lot. You know, they um, – how big is she compared to Hanson? How tall and stuff? I, I don't know. I don't know on her height, um, but I do know that she put up really good numbers when she played at Furman. Uh, she also played shortstop. Uh, she, she's a good app, man. I think this is well, exactly good. what OU wanted. Two, uh, what is she, a sophomore? No, no, no. She's got one more year of eligibility. Okay. So, well, that's okay. Yeah. You always need a backup catcher. you got to have one. Oh, exactly. Exactly. you got to have one. Now, what about the pitcher from Wisconsin? Tell me a little bit about her. Do you not know much about Peyton Monticelli? No. Okay. Well, neither do you I. You know. Um, but but, but here's the. She is she's um, a fireballer. She's very okay. impressive, and I've been told that her stuff is elite. Now I know when you look yeah. at her numbers from Wisconsin, you might say, "What's going on?" Yeah, um, but that's Wisconsin. That's not OU's defense. That's right. That's right. So, uh, you know. By the way, I have been I have been told that Riley Ludlam is actually about six foot tall. So okay, well that's got good. some good size. Six two. Yeah, Hansen see, six two because she stood by me and she tired me. Man, <laughs> she's tall. But uh, but uh, yeah, that's good. That's good, and uh, I'm glad they got. Now I, I'm shocked when you said Maxwell went on transfer portal. I'm shocked. But I guess he's not. You know, I don't know. Kenny's losing guys up there. He's lost some kids. Yeah, yeah, and, and listen. Well, they, and, well, they lost the petty girl from Moore. Remember? Yeah, yeah, he did. And I don't. You know? it, it, Coach, I'm going to let you, buddy. I appreciate your call. We got a delay, and it's like pissing me off. Not your fault, my fault. So we'll talk to you again oh, soon, fine. man. I'm great, bud. <laughs> I just All have right. a good day. See you, no brother. Golf tournaments for Coach T. I'm done. All right, See man. Ya. Later. Everything is making me angry that. today. Like there's that delay, and I start to talk, then he tramples all over me, and then it's like, hey, it's I love Coach T. Straight to the front of the line every time. I I would say I'm very excited to see Peyton Monticelli pitch in an Oklahoma uniform. Very excited. I can't wait to see how that plays out. But on the Maxwell side, again, Barkfeld's retirement played, I'm sure, a role. The surprise to me is the timing of this, Connor, that it doesn't come until – after the window is closed. So you can't help but wonder that, you know, maybe Oklahoma State was doing its best to, you know, sell her on sticking around and maybe she was listening, but she started to look around and realize Oklahoma needs a pitcher, Florida needs some help, you know, Auburn is always in the market, Alabama needs some help. So maybe she started looking around and realized, you know, I, I got a chance to go somewhere different. You know, four years and a fifth at a place, it's a lot. It's a lot, especially whenever you've had some of the highs and lows that she's had. Hey, look at Alex Straco. Best yeah. example of that. Best example of that. She's, uh, she's done a lot for Oklahoma State. And, yeah, I think a big program's going to be lucky to have her. And there's some big programs that need a really good arm, like Kelly Maxwell. I'm sure – I wonder if there's going to be some more Oklahoma State players that are going to follow this lead after seeing Kelly Maxwell enter the portal. Well, I it, Kenny's done a really Kenny Gajewski, the head coach at Oklahoma State, has done a really good job in the past of of utilizing the portal. That's that's how he that's how he got Oklahoma State moving in an upward trajectory after they were stuck in neutral for so long, but. 
names like the Samantha Shows of the world really, really made an impact for Oklahoma State and kind of set an incredible tone for them. The problem is now, you know, they the girl they got from Purdue last year was really good. But beyond that, I mean, Rachel Becker, you know, this is a roster that's having to replace a lot. Yeah. A lot. And, you know, you, I had brought it up earlier that it seemed like the senior day festivities took forever. And I don't even think Kelly Maxwell took part in it. But, you know, Morgan Wynn, they're starting a DP at times. Rachel Becker, they're starting second baseman, an all-Big 12 player. Cheyenne Factor, they're starting center fielder. Um, Kylie Naomi, they're starting shortstop. Taylor Tuck, they're starting catcher. I mean, there's five players right there. And then you add Kelly Maxwell, who's on her way out. That's tough. That's tough when you lose that much talent. Hey, and by the way, it's what Oklahoma's going to go through next year. Yeah. I mean, have you guys even taken a moment to realize that 2024 is the final year for Kinsey, Jada, Tiare, Nicole May, Alyssa Brito, Alina Torres, and Riley Boone? You add Riley Ludlam to the mix, and if it's, you know, if it is Kelly Maxwell or if it is Elena Vodder, that's like eight players who will be leaving the roster after this year. So B- it's a bunch, bunch of seniors. That's exactly what yeah. Oklahoma State went through. Those players have, man, they've played from the get-go at Oklahoma State. They've made a pretty big impact. They absolutely did. They absolutely did. All right. Um, and, and, by the way, I bring that number up to bring it back to OSU from Coach T's call. You've seen Kenny try to do it with developing some younger players. You saw you know, Kyra Aycock, Aycock get an opportunity against Oklahoma. You saw you know, Megan Bloodworth, the Georgia transfer, who was their third baseman. Uh, Talon Edwards, and she was just a sophomore. Talon Edwards getting a start as a freshman. So there, it's not from a lack of you know, attempting to give these youngsters a shot, but they just haven't hit the home runs in the transfer portal yet this offseason. They brought in a really good catcher and a really good pitcher, but for the most part, it, it's been a quiet portal season for Oklahoma State. Quick break, 1134. When we come back to the Plank Show live from Riverwind Casino, we'll hit the best of the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line right here on the Home of Sooner Fans. All right, welcome back into the Plank Show. We are on the road to Riverwind Casino. Speaking of Riverwind Casino, tomorrow night, baby, $10 general admission to see Mark Chestnut, Shenandoah, and Tracy Bird, plus an amazing fireworks display after the show. Tracy Bird will take the stage around 545, so earlier than usual, as Coop Works presents the Beats and Bites Festival. In addition to those three country acts, 15 food trucks, retail vendors, inflatables, and face painting for the kids. And on Monday, Monday, the announcement of three new Shows Now, Brazilian Sooner is about keeping us on topic on the Knippemeyer Chevrolet text line, 405-651-3439. This still truly is the best way to get in touch with the show. He writes, the Big 12 is wide open, and half of the teams could win it. I could see Oklahoma winning it or getting third or fourth place. Lots of people counting Iowa State out, but Matt Campbell surprises when you think they're down. So let's – we haven't surprisingly today, kind of passed me, 
We haven't talked about it as much as I maybe thought we would, but Oklahoma checks in at three with Texas at one and Kansas State at two. 41, so let's see here. Boy, we had quite a bevy of voters that checked in this year. Texas led the way with 41 first-place votes. Kansas State had 14, followed by Oklahoma and Texas Tech with four first-place votes, TCU with three, and Oklahoma State had one. (laughs) Okay. But Texas one, Kansas State two, Oklahoma three, Texas Tech four, TCU five, followed by Baylor at six, Oklahoma State at seven, UCF at eight, still Kansas not getting a lot of love at nine, Iowa State at 10, 11 through 14, BYU, Houston, Cincinnati, and West Virginia. Did you have a problem, Connor, with any of that, any of the preseason poll? Yeah, I mean, there's some few, man, there's a few teams low on the list that I did not expect. I know there's some new teams coming in for the Big 12, but to put West Virginia at last on the 14 spot in front of or behind some of these teams that are coming in the Big 12, I mean, that was a little surprise to me. I know West Virginia may have some problems this upcoming year. They lost quite a bit, and they didn't have a very good season last year, but that was a little surprising to me. Oklahoma State at 7. I would put them in front of Baylor at the 6 spot, I think. It's, it's wild, is it not, how perceptions have changed in just – one year of Dave Aranda. I mean, heading into last year, you would have thought he reinvented the football wheel yeah. with the way people were talking about him. Now, you know, they're sitting in a preseason poll at sixth in their league without a single first-place vote. I was surprised. Two things surprised me. Number one, I was surprised Kansas State was the team – over Texas Tech, I kind of thought to see 14 first place votes for Kansas State. I mean, you guys really got a lot of confidence in Will Howard. I tend to remember a dude named Deuce Vaughn being a major part of a lot oh, yeah. that they did last year, and he was gone. And Cooper Beebe, he ain't that guy uh, as far as offensive line is concerned. So I was a little bit surprised by that, and I didn't. I mean, I I didn't really think Oklahoma would be overly high. I thought that they might actually get dinged a bit lower, but I was surprised to see OU get four first place votes, Connor. It, and let's remember, there's a lot of people that vote on this that are very um, backside hurt about the Big 12 and what's happened to it with OU in Texas. So I was surprised to see that much for Texas and to still see anything for Oklahoma as far as the amount of first-place votes. Yeah, I'm surprised they got four, but this is the most spread out I've seen this Big 12 preseason poll. Six yeah. teams with a with a first-place vote, if, yeah, if you want to count Oklahoma State with one. Yeah, and, and I don't think West Virginia is the worst team in the league. I don't know. I, I don't. I don't. Um, all right, so there's a lot of NIL stuff on the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line, but and because we asked this question. We asked this question, and it's going to be a show – based on Ringo and Sean's back-to-back calls in the 10 o'clock hour. And really, honestly, kind of Travis kicking it off with his answer and and just talking about, hey, NIL, you see it a lot, you're involved in it, where do you think it's headed? Everyone's confident with Oklahoma's plan. But obviously these new threats from the NCAA raise the antenna just a bit. So 
I, I do want to spend a lot of time on that. And there's some really good in-depth stuff on the text line. But I want to pose this question because I think, Connor, you can help. Still sitting at number 36 on the 24-7 rankings between Vanderbilt and, and Kansas. I'm not normally a boomer doomer, but this is concerning. What is the real likelihood will land a top 10 class this year? That's what's pissing off a lot of people, the <laughs> ranking for Oklahoma right now for the next class. They don't have, they're running out of patience, Plank. See, that's why, that's why I posed the question the way I did. And I've, I've asked Parker this a lot. And, and usually, you know, Parker and I can talk while he's, he's running the studio and I'm trying to get out the door before anyone fires me. So it's always, you know, it's always a challenge because I would love to go more in depth on just the question about reevaluating when we start really paying attention to recruiting rankings. Because if the idea is, listen, if you still want to take trips, don't commit to us. Because when you're committed, you're committed. And that's our belief. And that's going to be our belief. And it's always going to be our belief. And I, I can't help but wonder, it's not going to change anyone's everyone's going to have their own way of looking at things right and how they view it. But I can't help but wonder, Connor, if we're really going to have to reevaluate how much we're paying attention to recruiting rankings in June and July based on the approach that Oklahoma seems to have and so many big names that they're still in on. Well, and recruiting is just so different now. I agree I agree with Brent Venable's philosophy. I mean, sure. if you're committed, why the heck would you go to other schools on visits? That's... That's not really what committed really means. Uh, and then there's this one from B.A. Fatboy. A lot of Kelly Maxwell talk today on the show. She's in the portal. Oklahoma's in need of a pitcher. Vodder and obviously the addition of Maxwell would you know, be big time for any program right now. Anyone. But B.A. Fatboy does ask a very fair question. He writes, I don't mean to be negative. But isn't Maxwell the one that folded tint when she played against OU? This year was was <laughs> this uh, the way she was looking in the dugout. For the love of God, take me out was what I could take from her. Yeah, she was emotional. Yeah, I think uh, I think not only just her. I think some other pitchers feel that way when they face OU's uh, lineup. Look at the girl from Clemson, a National Player of the Year finalist. She wanted out. She wanted out. I mean, it's just, it's tough when you're going up against that lineup. Listen to the way Jordy Ball talked about going up against the lineup in practice. We're talking about practice. So I understand that concern, B.A. Fat Boy, and I'm sorry I botched your tweet, but it's a fair question. All right, when we come back, the best of our NIL transfer portal conversation. That'll wrap up a Friday edition of the Plank Show with a steel man waiting in the wings right here on the Ref Sports Radio Network. Did I tell this story about getting stung this weekend on the air yet? I got stung. Stung by a wasp on Monday, Connor. Did you really? Do you want to know where it stung me? This isn't, don't worry, it's not graphic. It stung me right in the back of the head. Oh, my gosh. I know. I've never felt a pain like that before. Y'all. So, so do you got a mark on the back 
now? I don't know. I, I, I'm, I ever saw it feels better now. I think the little stinger has been in there. I don't know. It hurt, dude. Oh my gosh! Surprised you didn't get bit at the Baker Mayfield camp. Bro, Friday. I got eaten up on my ankles. Oh my gosh, that was those very, very that hot day. That's were everywhere. Thanks, by the way, for your help on that. That ended up being an amazing day. Uh, today is an amazing day because we are at Riverwind Casino, home to a luxury hotel, fine dining, live concerts, and never-ending rewards. Riverwind Casino, still the one. Beats and bites, brought to you by Coop L Works. Tomorrow night, fireworks show afterwards. Get your tickets for ten dollars. And you can see Mark Chestnut, Shenandoah, and Tracy Bird. Now, later this month, Josh and I are going to get our heads together, and we're going to do a full show on, I'm not going to go like 30 for 30 or E60 or I don't know, whatever news program that you watch on sports, but just the challenges ahead of college football and college sports in general? And where is that biggest issue? Is it NIL? Is it transfer portal? Is it something we're missing out on? And we just talked about it a little bit. And Travis was kind enough to jump on with us earlier, and I feel like he lives in that world a lot. Uh, And he said, I think the transfer portal is far, far easier to wrangle than NIL, which would help with free agency. If a kid had to sit, no matter what, you'd see much less. What if Caleb Williams opted out of USC last year and said, I need X to come back? What's going to stop all players from doing that? The NCAA has to control what they can control, and the portal is on that short list, but it would affect NIL as a result. Here's Doug and Norman. Everyone seems to lump NIL and the transfer portal together as one issue, one issue that is affecting college sports. To me... They're two separate issues and distinct issues with different solutions. The transfer portal can be easily fixed. If you go back to the old rule, i.e. you must sit out a year except in uh, extringent circumstances, uh, extenuating circumstances, sorry, or lose a year of eligibility, the problem would severely curtail. NIL is now open to what was previously done under the table. Courts have found in favor of the athlete in almost every circumstance when it comes to restricting their ability to take advantage of their talents. An overall salary cap for all athletic departments, which would take into account all athletes in all sports, might work. Schools could budget so much for football, so much for softball, and could not exceed the cap without paying a severe penalty tax. Enforcement is always an issue. That sounds grand. That sounds great. Boom, boom, boom. Let me me just... Take down a few things. Title IX. Everyone's got to be given the same amount, uh, not the same amount of money, but at the very least, it's got to be equal. Like football players get a scholarship football players, um, what's it called whenever they get, get a bigger stipend than softball players do. Right? It's more than it has been before, but it's a larger number. But in the same vein, I don't think that you can have a salary cap because then you're looking at a situation where someone could challenge it in courts. Then you're looking at a situation to where, well, what's the penalty if someone goes over the salary cap? I mean, it's just, it sounds good, but I, I don't know, Doug, if, if we can make that work. Number two, you can't go back to the old way in the transfer portal. It's just not going to happen. Well, and if you put a salary cap, I mean, some of these big-time programs that have a lot of money, they won't be able to spend that much to get players. It'll be hard to really put 
a cap on those schools. And then, okay, so then you got to monitor every dollar that's paid. So the NCAA becomes an enforcement arm again? How well did that go? And how sure are you teams are going to stick to the salary cap and not have under-the-table deals as well? You're, you're, uh, still, you're still going to have the under-the-table. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Sooner Soldier, I agree the portal is a big mistake. It lets quit or change their mind for players permeate. Just think if non-athlete students could do that. I understand circumstance, certain circumstances arise, and that should be the only reason a player should transfer. Uh, and then this is a fair question, and I think this is something that I think about a lot from the 850 in Florida. Do you guys not think the extra COVID year had an impact on how players use and view the portal? Those guys that have an extra year are seeing the NIL and might make them more money, which causes a lack of depth for high school players and their development on a roster. Coaches are turning to college experience to turn programs around versus high school recruiting. That's a good and point. That's a good that's point a good right point. there from the eight five zero. And then it messes with your numbers because you didn't expect the player or two to stick around. And then the next thing that you know, you uh, you have a high school recruit who was a big part of what you wanted to do as a program, who's mad because they're two years in or a year in and they're not playing, and they go somewhere else where they can play. Now, and now you'd rather get a player with a bunch of experience. Yeah, exactly. And they're they're in that mix, right? They want to leave you. You might see them as your future, but someone else ain't playing right away. They don't have to wait. All right, we got to go. Great job today, Connor. I know it was on short notice, but we appreciate it. Steelman is here making notes. He's ready to roll. Appreciate all the texts. Appreciate all the calls. We'll see you guys back here. I'll be at the Trails Monday. The Blank Show right here on The Ref. That's